0: Unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel.
1: This is a special report from the field at the Baltimore Harbor Place Renaissance Hotel. And I'm meeting with Donald Burns You may not know Donald, but he was the guy who helped a man who in 2011 was called the most hated man in America get a new job. And he's going to explain to you about that. Now, what does this have to do with copywriting and the Copywriter's Podcast? Well, that's simple. Donald is the only person he knows or I know of or no, and I know Donald, he's a client of mine, uh-huh. who uses direct response copywriting in resumes, including executive resumes, including resumes that help CEOs get new CEO jobs for seven and maybe eight figures. Donald, welcome. Thanks for taking the time here in Baltimore to meet with me. Oh, thank you very much. I love the podcast. Oh, great. Well, love having you on here. And why don't Why don't you start telling us about the most hated man in America and
0: what happened and how that worked out? Well, I was uh, back in 2011. Remember, we had the Deepwater Horizon. That was the oil platform that blew up in the Gulf. Oh yeah, and yeah, that- um, it was a disaster. And it was kind of hype because you know the Gulf is still there, and um, it was. I don't know that it was as bad, but it was. It was perceived as the worst, you know, ecological uh, disaster. And every night on CNN, there was a report, and it focused on that uh, open, gaping uh, pipe. Yeah, there's oil, the oil gushing, gushing into the water, you know, right? It's just gushing out there. Dead birds and everything. So the guy who uh, was running the the uh, cleanup for BP, he was the third person. The other two, you may remember one person said, I want my life back. And he bailed out. I remember the and Lord remember Brown that. or whoever it yeah. was, he bailed out. This guy, they picked him out of, uh, he was somewhere in the North Sea, you know, looking for oil. And he became the, the head of the whole thing. Oh, this, this was a reward. <laughs> this was his reward. You can clean this up. And uh, he did okay, it. Okay, so what happened? What happened? Well, he did it. He cleaned it up. It took, uh, it was the longest running event on TV. And then uh, after a few months, they, of course, they fired. They cleared out the deck. Yeah. Fired everybody, and uh, he was out of a job. And he was really down. He told me, you know. And he had, his name had been plastered across
1: the bottom third of the TV screens across the world with, with <laughs> the moniker. The most Monica. hated
0: man in America. Shit. And, okay. uh, so, How of- do you get a guy like that a job? It was, um, I said. Listen, because he—he he was. I was just surprised at how down he was. You know, because this is a very accomplished guy. Right. And he was not famous, but he um, accomplished a lot with that cleanup. And so I said, I had surprised. He's just so uh, down, but I could see why. I mean, everything he, everywhere he turned, he was like the face of that oil spill. Right. And he was just hated. <laughs> And he had bodyguards. And uh, no, this was a guy who just spent his whole career in Okay, the- so what you're saying is he couldn't get a job. He couldn't get a job. Couldn't get a job. And um, he, or he didn't want to even put himself out there to do it because he, uh, but he. But he wanted a job, right? He did. But he'd been with the same place for 30 years. That was the. And then thing. he gotten fired. He's fired. and uh, he's For doing only- a good job, of course. Doing That's a good what they job. Do he's only program. about 50. Yeah, so what happened? So. Um, I, took, I interviewed him for hours, about four hours or so, just for this. Yeah. And uh, I said, this is amazing material. You know, you can make a movie out of this. You know, you could be the hero of it. Mm-hmm. And um, he wrote a story, a bio, what we call it a resume or a CV, and a LinkedIn profile. And uh, very quickly, it did work. He had, no, he, he had to explain, what, did, what, what does he do? What are you good at? And I kind of positioned him as a consultant because I said, you can't go to Exxon yet, right? right. You're too, you are radioactive for that. And Rex Tillerson had that job He, anyway. he, he had it already anyway. But I said, um, it was not, no surprise to me. It was, uh, but how did you use
1: direct response techniques in that bio, in, in that uh, well, CV? Well, you know,
0: for one thing, all executives at that level, it's still, uh, he's got, he would describe himself in a block of text, Right. It's a block of text, no breaks,
1: boring. In other words, they're trying to say, let me show you how boring I am. That qualifies me to be a CEO.
0: Yeah, right. I said, now we're going to do something different. We'll have um, headlines. Mm-hmm. We'll break it up. We'll make claims, right? And then under the claims, we'll have um, proof of what you did. But are, are you saying like on a
1: typical resume, like led strategic growth in a more optimal direction that Wall Street approved of. Is that a claim or what kind of claim? That's I mean, what
0: people do. You know, what do you do? Uh, I would do size. So. I, I might've mentioned that. For example, somebody is in finance. Tells me, has he describes himself exactly in that kind of business ease. Boring. It doesn't make any sense. You right. get no vision. After uh, maybe a few hours, I would come back and say, you know what? Here's, here's your headline. You're the, um, you are the chief investment advisor to one of the world's richest men.
1: You actually did that
0: for a guy in Australia, right? Well, he was in the UAE. He was in the United Arab Emirates. But I did that. And he said, I never said that. I said, I know you didn't say it. But I said, I'm just putting your story together. I can say it. He freaked out, right? He freaked out. He used a bad word, told me, this is an American. We don't talk like that in finance. And he should have seen The Big Short. He should have. <laughs> have <that laughs> you exactly, want to know how we talk how in how finance? Talk. Yeah. But you know, he came back after um, uh, two weeks. We reconvened. Yeah. And he put that line back in himself. Yeah. Because he got his mind adjusted to it. Well, hadn't he tested it talking to a few people, and they went, "Oh." He, might, I'm sure he didn't tell me that. He yeah. just, I just, uh, he, I deleted it. And I said, I'll give it to somebody else someday. (laughs) This is a very good line for somebody who deserves it. Sure. And, um, no, it was just the idea shocked him. And that happens to a lot of people I deal with. I'll tell them, uh, this is you. This is your headline, if you will. Because probably
1: you get a few martinis in the guy, and he's saying, oh, well, I have a C- CFO to the one uh, of the richest yeah, guys uh, in the world. But he doesn't want that as his public face, right? That's
0: right. He doesn't because uh and this is there's a whole psychology behind this. In some cases, people uh, maybe have been conditioned. You don't talk about yourself oh, sure. that way. Yeah. And Who do you think people, you
1: are? You're too big for your britches, all that kind that, of stuff. And right? It's
0: always it's surprised. I've heard this described many times about the imposter syndrome. Yeah. And to me, none of these people I deal with look like imposters because they've accomplished a lot, but they really believe they're going to be found out. Well, they're probably so hard on themselves that they, I mean, you know,
1: if you look at what happens in real life, people are lying all the. but they're probably more in politics and, I don't know, less in this corporate world that you're talking about. Let me ask you a question. You say you find the story, you told me this when we were having breakfast overlooking Baltimore Harbor just a few (laughs) minutes ago. Beautiful. Harbor. Too bad it's raining today, but it was yeah. beautiful yesterday. Though. But, all right. You say, I find the story that you never thought you could put in the resume. I'm wondering if you could tell me what was the story you used for the most hated man in America, and did he fight you on that initially?
0: Yes. Yeah. He, he, uh, it all comes out of an interview. It starts with an interview. interview could be any. I don't care if you're the CEO or you're uh, maybe a, kind of a middle manager somewhere. Sure. The interview always lands about four hours. Yeah, but I know. But tell—that's that, how I get stories too. But tell me how. What
1: was the story you used? How did he fight it, and what turned him around?
0: Well, the thing that started it was his uh, what he had been doing for the prior thirty years. Mm-hmm. He'd been toiling in places around the world where there are no people. Yeah, They may have some oil, right? No people. Right. Uh, and it's, and they're not the greatest places and they're off the coast of Vietnam or in the North Sea. Don, that, that, that sounds like the opening to a movie. It does sound like the opening. And then he is doing this very well, finding uh-huh. oil Yeah. and finding oil in places where they didn't think they had it, where yeah. the charts uh, yeah. said, you know, yeah. he had the ESP to find the oil and, um, <laughs> he's, you know, he's in total darkness, laboring, getting paid well. Yeah. And then he's suddenly uh, thrust into the world spotlight. In mm-hmm. fact, this is this was his LinkedIn profile. He said he's not used to being in the spotlight, and he suddenly now his job was not uh, finding oil; it was dealing with governors. Dealing with the White House indirectly. Yeah, no, you said Barack
1: disease. Obama wouldn't meet wouldn't, with him, but so he had him. to meet with Joe Biden.
0: He met with Joe Biden and other emissaries. He had to meet with the f- top of, of the federal government. He goes, yeah. this was such a big thing. Yeah, but that was his kind of story. He didn't want to be here, but he was uh, kind of thrust into it. So, so you well. wrote this like a treatment for a movie, sure, right? It and, was a movie, and, and he got movie. all
1: kinds of very high—I mean, multi-thousands of dollars a day—consulting gigs,
0: right? He did. He got consulting gigs, but the funny thing with him, I said, "This is what you. This is what you can do now, and when the." When the Fuhrer drives down and you're not the most hated man in America, they forget that. Then you can go back and run, run an oil company like you wanted. And he did. He's doing that now? He's doing that now in Canada. But before that, he um, was, was a you know a consultant. And he told me uh, it was not satisfying. He said, it's not working. I said, yeah. why? Because in his mind, if he's not running something really big, he's not working. <laughs> the consulting. I said, if you have clients... You're working, you know. You're, you're, you're productive. So that he had to get over that. That took that took longer. Okay. What what about the
1: idea? And you already gave that one with the guy who was in the UAE, uh, the financial guy. You you told me you can shock people with outrageous headlines. And you, and if if you're if you're Donald, since you're the only guy who's writing, although you realize by giving away your secrets, some copywriters may start to. We'll move in we'll Oh sharp. let him let him you don't care, bring, you. bring him bring him on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to share the pain like the Marines, yeah. right? Um so uh can you t- talk about some other other um shocking headlines that people initially fought you on and then opened their arms and said, Yeah,
0: Donald actually that makes sense. Some of it sometimes it's it's um there's not, it's not. that creative. I mean, I imagine I had a guy on Wall Street. He was quite high up, mm-hmm. as he was with Goldman, and he um, had a a kind of a traditional. This kind of Wall Street uh, resume. He's also very technical. There's mm-hmm. a lot of IT in his in his story. Yeah, and he um, he would go and there's not that many jobs that he can kind of move into. So there's a little bit of a networking a- angle to this. But he said to me, everybody asked me, what is the journey? And he said, the, it's not coming out. That, that, that's like
1: a standard interview question, what is the journey?
0: Well, it's standard for the, them right now yeah, because right? it sounds like they're all getting the same talking points. <laughs> right. And guy said, I said, what do you mean, what is the journey? And what it, it turns out it means that they, if you were um, to be hired by uh, our company, and we give you 50 or 100 million dollars to you know reorganize all the technology of the company and we give you two years to do it, or a year and a half. What are the first things you would do? What would be the journey? I said, Is that what that means? So I said, um, and you're not getting any traction on your current resume because it was like that kind of corporate business ease that you described? Yeah. So I said, all right, look, page one, the first right at the top. You're going to put, uh, as as a set line, I said, I already know what you're thinking. Tell me about the journey. We put that in quotes. Uh-huh. And since I record everything, I just put down his recorded spiel. I said, that's it. Okay, so. That's your resume. So how
1: come everyone didn't think that he was just being a smart ass and trying to mock them?
0: Because no one cares. No one, that's what I'm saying. The, uh, the fear is like in the is in the person's head. He's gonna say if I do this and nobody else is doing it, they're gonna notice that I'm like uh, off the wall. Uh I can't. I'm. I'm, You know, I gotta screw loose. I said no one's paying attention. I said if it's well done, they'll get this and I say I didn't see anything like this, but they'll follow through and they'll probably tell you. You You get an interview. You've got, you're, you you entered the conversation that's going on in my mind. That's a copywriting principle. So, okay. And so, it worked.
1: Yeah, so the slowdown. That's brilliant. That's really important. What you're saying is on a resume, and this would probably be true on a website where you're trying on to get website. clients, you want to enter the conversation going on in your prospect's mind. I think copywriters know that. Do they do that for themselves? That's a good question. They don't. But- but certainly, most job seekers who don't know anything about direct response copy, they don't even know that there's a conversation. That's right. Going on in someone else's mind, there's a conversation going on in their mind, saying there's no such thing as a conversation going on in people's minds. What
0: they it's do, crazy, is, right? They talk about themselves. They start with, "Well, you know, I uh, I do this and I do that." And I graduated from this school, and 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 there's a little subtext that
1: underneath that says, "Mom, aren't you so proud of me?" Yes,
0: yes, and uh, look how how diligent I am, and uh, <laughs> it is so. And I said, "Listen, what you have to do, we have to do is start." With the customer, or in this case, start with the potential employer is the customer. I mean, this is
1: Copywriting 101. Copywriting but, 101. But, nobody but, does it. Right? But for job seekers who don't know anything about copywriting, it, they probably look at you like you're from another planet. From another
0: planet. Sometimes. Well, you're they, from the Planet Queens, right? The planet Queens. Sometimes uh, they tap into what I'm saying. I uh-huh. said, listen, you have to stop starting with yourself. And start with them. And so, for example, I'll give an example that might be in the area of, uh, again, a, a technical uh, executive. Sure. Maybe he has invested or, or, or spent $20, $30, $40 million of the company's money on some project.
1: Yeah.
0: And um, it's not exactly working. In fact, this happened around when Obamacare came out. A lot of companies had to retool their their world. Sure, and um, it's not working. We spent $40 million. We've hired consultants. We've had all the top consulting companies in here. We've got the plans. We've got these bed sheets all over the world on the wall. And uh, yet... The thing is not. You, you working. don't mean, you don't mean,
1: you, you mean flip, you mean those 3M flip charts? Well, I mean,
0: they, they cover the whole wall that, with, with,
1: with, with a little, little stick on, with on the a, back. <laughs> Like the post it note, giant post it notes. Giant right?
0: post it notes. It's, uh, a, you know, was called Visio not, mm-hmm. not project. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I know, you mean flow charts and all that charge. stuff, yeah. And uh, it doesn't work. And so you've uh, spent the money, if the clock is ticking. And you're under a lot of pressure to deliver something. Right. And it's not working. And now you have underling. You have maybe you know 500 people under you. They're all very bright, especially the ambitious ones want to show how bright they are. So they find back channels to the board or to higher up and said, you know what? You know why this is all screwed up? He should be doing X, Y, and Z. And now you're getting paranoid because you have these voices <laughs> and you can't sleep at night. Like, so? We, and in terms of like maybe a LinkedIn profile, that's what we talk about. You start off with this nightmare, right? Like like uh, this is a nightmare scenario. So so, so you, you're you're not writing a resume. You're writing a Stephen King story. Sure it is. This is a nightmare on Elm Street, and uh, you can't fix it. And you get deeper into it. I mean,
1: I'm go- I'm trying to I'm try- excuse me. I'm trying to go back to my days when I was. Still, still believed I could be like a a regular nine to five corporate employee, which (laughs) uh, clearly I'm not, I'm not (laughs) wired for, but I, I, I'm I'm terrified at this idea. I'm thinking not only will this not work, but I'll get blackballed and they'll never hire me. No one will ever hire me. For writing about it? no, No, no. If, if, if I were, you know, if I were to put that up. On my resume, on my LinkedIn profile, it would ruin me. Yes, and and isn't that how they? Isn't that what they say to? you? I mean, yes, they say, look, I, I mean, the me today says this is this is a, an outrageous idea. I love it. People but I'm say, to trying- me, they say to me,
0: I say to me, everybody who comes to me, they said, and they know the fact. I, I, you know, videos and things. I tell people, look, he, everybody looks the same. Nobody stands out. And if you have a connect, that only applies, by the way, for people outside your network. People already know you. You don't need any of this. Your reputation will hire you. Right, right, right. If you want to expand your network, you want to get into something a little bit different,
1: Yeah.
0: you have to introduce yourself to strangers. This is how you can do it. It will work. But then they say, you know, um, I want to stand out, but I don't, uh, this looks a little weird. I don't want people thinking I'm weird, you know. Well, I say, well, then you can't stand out. <laughs> you got to, you got to take that little step. It's got to be one or the you other. Gotta, so, I say, oh, maybe a, a half step. You know, let's
1: let's. I, I know that you understand this, you know, like the back of your hand. But let's look at this from a point of view. When someone, when someone's going to hire somebody new, um. Are they saying, "Gee, you know, I'd really like someone that looks just like everybody else. That way, I know they'll fit in here, and they won't rock the boat. They won't really accomplish anything, but at least we'll have, you know, stasis. We'll right. we'll have stasis. equilibrium.
0: Only a They they will uh, never say that, but that's what they want.
1: <laughs> you, you know, I'll tell you something interesting. This guy's a man after your after your own heart. One reason I'm in I'm in in Baltimore for. Three reasons. One is to see you and a few other friends last night. Uh, second reason is for the mastermind with John Carlton stand down um, th- th- this coming weekend. But a major reason is to visit Agora Financial. And um, actually, uh, by the time this airs, we'll have had two podcasts already where I'm interviewing the head of Agora Financial, uh-huh. Joe Schrieffer. And one thing Joe says you and Joe would get along like peas in a pod, uh, peas in a weird pod. Yeah, because you both have the same idea that is not normal in the job world. He says it, uh, he's always willing to look at people who'd like to be a copywriter for uh-huh. him. And he, I say, and I said on the, on the podcast, how do you, you know, how how does somebody uh, reach you? How does somebody get your somebody attention? Get sure. your, well, how do you want people to apply? Yeah, and he says. Don't send me a resume. Mm-hmm. Do something different that catches my attention. Absolutely. And he's saying, I think, out loud, because he's aware of it, and also because he's hiring people to do the same thing in the copy they write, that a lot of employers are probably feeling in their gut, but they've never really brought to the, their surface. Would you think that's yeah, true? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. And in fact, uh, you know, my kind of specialty is I'm, I'm going to be 68 in a month. So Okay. And I enjoy this. I am like the—I um, don't know what you say. I'm the the grand old man. The grand old man, but for other grand old men, for people like, let's say you're over, you're in the sixties. Yeah. You have talent and you know it, and you have energy and you don't want to. Well, I quit. I—that's I, what I focus on. I—I I, I think
1: once you turn sixty. You start to stop giving a shit about what other people
0: think. <laughs> Some people should. That's how it should should be. Yeah. A lot of people cannot exactly do that, but they don't want to quit. And I said, look, if you're sixty. What you just described, you know, it's a resume. I said it's not. You know, you need something, but it's not going to work per se. You need a delivery mechanism. You have to send that resume in a way. It uh, gets right into the guy's head, the woman's head. Donald, I'm going to share an embarrassing
1: secret. Last night at the restaurant, the rest of us asked the kitchen to bring out a bowl of wet noodles so that we could start to beat you into submission (laughs) about coming up with an info product to teach people how to do what you do. And I I know that may not be ready by the time people hear this. But so in lieu of that, how can
0: copywriters – use what you're talking about to get more clients? Well, copywriters, um, I'm, I'm a little bit of an expert on this because um, I was going, I, I was going to write actually a book about how the masters of persuasion, the copywriters, specifically direct response. I want to see how those people pitch themselves, mm. not, not a product, not a financial newsletter, how do you pitch yourself? And I surveyed all of the brilliant gurus who are much better at that than I would ever be. I say, how do the brilliant gurus pitch themselves? It was awful. It was like worse, <laughs> worse than the worst drone in IT. <laughs> and they, like total, I said, wow. It's like you never sold anything in your life.
1: Is this the Department of Shoemaker's Children? Yeah, sure
0: it is. It's the same idea. But uh, you know what? It's not just it's not just that they uh, forgot. I have a lot of clients in the advertising world, you know, the uh, Madison Avenue types. yeah, they've won Addies, Eppies, all these one show, they're uh, I The madmen of the 20th first century. And they're the current madman. I said, wow, well then they know how to promote themselves and it's the same thing. And then you know what? Right. you dig into it and said it's not that they forgot. they're embarrassed. Like, why do I have to – I'm um, this is one scenario. Why yeah. do I have to advertise myself? Why do people do I, people why do come I come have to, to prove myself? Everyone should know. Everybody knows know I'm who great. I am. Do you know oh, who shit, I am? Right. Do you know how many right. awards I've won? Right, right, right. And I said, you know what? People don't know. Even people that you work with don't know what you've done, like, five years ago. Right. And um, they resist it, and they – uh, they okay, don't want, I, they don't want to be, I, I believe you, but what should they do? Well, they just what we're saying. They should adapt, uh, those principles of copywriting. One of them might be get into the, before you start to pitch anything, you think of what are the, uh, what is the person on the other side, the, uh, the prospective employer, even a recruiter, what do they want to hear about? What do they, what do you want to, what are they, what are their problems that if you put yourself in that mindset? And then here's what I can do for you. Uh, that's half the battle right there because nobody does that. Yep. And uh, instead, these these geniuses, they stowed off the same way as the drones. Well, well, I went to school here and I did well, this. And well, I- sure. But of course,
1: you know. We in the direct response world sort of look askance at the mad men and women of the 21st century well, for other reasons. We, we direct, don't think they're direct response people anyway. The
0: direct response people, I checked all them out. They're the same way.
1: They are awful. Okay. They now, don't, now, now, now you're zeroing in on what's important. Okay. They,
0: uh, they are the same way, and I think it's for the same reasons. They don't want to – here's a classic one. I don't want to be perceived as a bragger. I don't care. I don't care if I've made – You know, a hundred million dollars in my lifetime for these companies. Mm -hmm. I don't want to talk about it because it looks like I'm bragging. Yeah, and I said, "Wow!" I said, "If it's telling the truth, you're not
1: bragging." Easy easy way to do it. I I don't know how much I made. I made several hundred million dollars. Sure, I'll just tell you. I made several hundred. I'm not telling you this to brag, but only to show you what I can do. Are you embarrassed by it? No. Would
0: you? you I'm proud of it. Would you put it on your LinkedIn profile? Yeah, I could. Yeah. Of course you could, because that says that you've been successful at it. People, well, I tell you, a lot of people are inhibited that way. Well,
1: I, I do talk about my accomplishments on my GarfinkelCoaching.com site. Uh-huh. I'm not looking for copywriting clients. I have a small group of people I will write copy sure. for. I'm looking for people whose stuff to critique. And, yeah. And I'm looking well, for, ment- you use it and for that. And, and I, I do. I do. You know, you, sh- you should take a look at what I got and and tell me if I did it or not. I don't. I don't need we'll you to see. spend any time on it.
0: You know, and it's there's also another angle to this, is that uh, a lot of times they say, well, it could be looking for a job or it could be self-promotion. But there are two scenarios. In one case, let's say the copywriting. Well, you already have a reputation in this niche. Mm-hmm. The world's greatest copywriting coach.
1: True.
0: You're known for that. And so people in the copywriting world – would have heard of you, so you're in your um, that's your your network. Yeah. And everybody, I think, even in business, uh, that everybody has that. The question is, what if you venture a little bit outside of your uh, your you say your comfort zone? I I, I should I should take off my
1: shirt and show you the tire tracks on my back. <laughs> no, I mean I'm running the same thing you do. People well, like, people don't want to pay me for it because they don't want to hear it.
0: If um, it's like I have a client who was in the music business as a <laughs> not as a, a a performer but he was he was just he got connected in um, maybe with Universal very, very early and like when he's in his teenagers sweeping the place out I don't know you somewhere yeah. in the city yeah and over time very classic story he rose to the number 2 position of uh, com- whatever it was combined with universal and uh, MCA, yeah, ECI, yeah,
1: ECI. He, yeah, it, maybe.
0: The biggest music uh, entity in the world. Yeah, and he's he's not at the tippy top, but he's the number two guy. He's the fixer. He's the uh, operational guy inside, and he's on his cell phone. He's got everybody. It's Streisand, Beyonce. You would think, wow, this is the most connected person in the world. And he's quite yeah. young right? yeah. because he has been doing this since a teenager. Yeah, So he gets an MBA because he said I really want to get out of the music business. Uh-huh. And he's interested now in new media and social media and, um, never had a resume because he's only worked for this one place. And, uh, he discovers that this amazing network that he has can't help him. He wants to get into something that's a little more, uh, into, um, Social media. Yeah. It's not music exactly. Yeah. But it's, it kind of complements all the showbiz and everything he's done. Yeah. But he's kind of locked out. And I said, you know, that's interesting. I mean, you would think you're the most connected person in the world. Barbara Streisand, Beyonce, they're all, um, they're all on your cell phone. Speed right. dial.
1: Yeah. Can't,
0: and there is a way that you can get from where you are through them. Yes. But it's not, you know, uh, Mariah Carey does not know anybody, you know, developing apps like you want you Right, want to so, do.
1: so he has to put together a resume. Well, I said,
0: yeah, you need the resume to start with, but I said you also need kind of a delivery, a strategy to to use these network that you have. Oh, yeah. And then, like, you know, find your way. Because it it's not – and uh, I was surprised. Uh, he was shocked that he couldn't. Nobody would talk to him. I said they will, but you, you get these intermediaries yeah. to help you. But like, they Mariah. I mean, could you put me in touch with Mark Zuckerberg?
1: That uh-huh. kind of thing. Yeah.
0: And they're uh, and
1: did it? Did he finally do it?
0: Yes. He did, and and also he. wants- It sounds
1: like all your clients fight you and fight you and fight you, and then finally, oh, absolutely. and
0: then finally, come to see things your way, and then have great success. Yeah. My secret weapon is I say, look, I, I hear what you say. Everybody says that. I hear what you saying. Yeah. But I said, look, I've helped seventeen hundred people do this. So yeah. I've seen. I don't want to say every scenario, but I said there's not many scenarios that I haven't seen. Right. And I said, if you. Stay on this path. It's going to lead you to a dark, a dark end <laughs> and a cul-de-sac. It's not going to lead you anywhere. I know I know what you're thinking. It's a good idea, but yeah, it's you, not going to you work. You
1: use all of your techniques on your clients. I you do. stories. You make awesome,
0: you know, I beat them over the head. I've, I've had.
1: You, you I've read their minds. Seen, I
0: can, that's another one. Yeah, I can. I'm, I'm reading your mind. I know what you're thinking. And it's, But it's, you know, it's not infinite. There are. I don't know. There's not infinite scenarios and it pretty much, you can kind of predict what's well, going to work. You know
1: what? I, I see the, the crab pot across the street. <laughs> uh, it's it's it, they're They're taking crabs in for lunch. We're going to have to wrap up. Oh, it's so right. fascinating talking with you. Well, thank
0: you. I hope a, hope, a, 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 I hope it's been good. People want to
1: get in touch with you. You were saying your LinkedIn profile, just Donald Burns, right?
0: Donald Burns. Uh, I'll, I would come about probably at the top of a, of a search. Um, LinkedIn, uh, I think
1: um, your company is Executive Promotions Executive LLC. Promotions, You're based LLC, in New York, right? Based so, in New
0: York. We'll, we'll, we'll find it and People put it in can the show find notes it on LinkedIn. Yeah, and um, I bet now, having done this, this is an impetus for me. To uh, upgrade my own profile, well, you, <laughs> I you, haven't
1: done in a year. You've committed to thousands of copywriters as well. as all of us at dinner with the wet noodles, that you're going to do I that have a, info I have a product. product.
0: You know what? I actually, oh yeah, I have it in pieces, and I send my own clients pieces of uh, stuff I've done. I will put it together. You know, I will if make you have a, product. a vase and you throw it in
1: the floor and it's smashed in
0: pieces, it's not a vase anymore. You have to put it back together. Put it back together exactly. Yeah. All right. And that's another uh, that's another very common problem is that people uh, they say, you know what can you do? what can you do for me?" And it comes out in pieces. yeah and I say, I'll, I'll assemble your pieces for you and I'll make a coherent picture. People will know in milliseconds what you can do. Oh. And, it's, and, an out, and an outsider can do it more easily than you or anybody can do or, or I could do for myself.
1: Okay. Well, good. Donald, thank you. This was great. we got to wrap up. All right. And uh, everybody knows how to find him. His name is Donald Burns. Spells just the way it sounds. And you can find him on LinkedIn. And and thanks again. And let's go get some crab now. All right. Thank you very much. Okay, bye. If you found this show valuable and you'd like to get it in the ears of other people, The best way to do that is to subscribe, rate, and review it on iTunes.